episode 26 of Slant City. That's right, folks. We are back after a two-week layoff of Thanksgiving and all that. Of course, Jeremy couldn't be here today, but we have a special guest here, one of my Awesome sauce. What's happening with you, bro? Uh, what's going on, world? It's your man, Mr. Mac. Uh, the Eminem and M Show podcast. We'll be recording that right after this, but for now, I decided to come into the Lions then and speak a bunch of sports. Yeah. Which I which I barely know. <laughs> well, you know at least the general knowledge of it. That's all. Yeah, I like I'm, I'm kind of like you know like I think black guy sport <laughs> stuff. Like basketball. I know I know LeBron. Yeah. I know, <laughs> yeah, like light. No, but I do I do dig like. Uh, Football, basketball, mm-hmm. MMA, yeah. uh, boxing, so that stuff, and 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 I am a before this even gets started, I just want to put it out there right now. Yeah, I'm a New York fan, mm-hmm. so Giants and Knicks, I'm a little sensitive. <laughs> <laughs> I may come across kind of biased, but just know that I mean everything that I say. That's all I'm telling you. Uh, if I say it, I definitely meant it. Well, I'll tell you this, though. We will, we will talk about the Knicks a little bit as well on the show because there's a lot of controversy between Phil Jackson and Carmelo Anthony and the media and all yeah, this crap that, that mm-hmm. you know, and war- LeBron with his water ball challenge, which is like the most disrespectful thing you can ever do on I've the I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah, this, uh, that was – I, I question how close they are friends-wise. I know, right? Doing that. Like, I thought they were supposed to be cool. That – that's really like you know taking a taking a leak on your friend, man. It's like, like it's like when Dwayne if Dwayne Wade ever done that to LeBron up by twenty or whatever, and he just does that nowhere for fun in front of his face. It, on on a, on a, on a nationally <laughs> yeah, televised exactly. game, like that's yeah. really disrespectful. But yeah, we'll we'll talk about that. So we'll start with a little football here. Also, we got a special guest uh, for the M- from the NBA. She's gonna be talking about you know some stuff about her career and then what she's doing right now with SiriusXM. Hopefully, we will get her on as well. But let's get with the NFL first because. You know, this whole week, this is all about the Jets and the debacle that they had on Monday. It was probably mm-hmm. the worst loss I've ever seen as a Jets fan. I was I, I pretty much, if I, there was like a video where, you know, that person who, who takes their TV off when they watch a game and they're like, mm-hmm. screw the Jets, or, you know, I'm, I'm just putting it. The moment correct. they denounce their yeah, fanship. Yeah, politically correct. I'm just saying, like, screw the Jets or whatever. Right. And, then, and they, they break the TV because, you know, they're so angry about their team. Mm-hmm. And, and just walk out. Yeah. It might hit somebody with their car on the way, like yeah. just gunning it. Yeah, I, that that I've never seen. I don't think I've ever seen an L like that in the history in my history of watching football. I don't think I've ever seen a team get like beat down, just toyed around. Yeah, like you hear the word dominated. Yeah, but I've never seen it in football like that. Like not that bad. On to the point with television, dude. Yeah. It's like I've never seen. I've never seen that before. I didn't see it coming. I thought the giant. I I didn't think they would win. I'll put it. Yeah. I didn't think they were gonna win. Yeah. But I didn't think it, they'd get like run over like that and just like phone it At in home. for the rest. At home too. That's the thing. Every factor. Every factor was just the worst possible scenario. Nationally televised game. It's a game you kind of had to have, or at least you wanted to, from a pride perspective. You're at home. It's your house. Yeah. And they came in there and disrespected you in every every facet of the game. Everything that could go wrong went wrong, and then it's like they never tried to correct it. Yeah. I've never seen that bad of a loss before. And not only that, I mean, you go into the game knowing that you're 3-8, and eight, and then the coach tells you, well, we're starting Fitzpatrick still because, you know, we're trying to win games. But the fact of the matter is they're out of the playoffs already. Yeah. 3-8, they're already out. Mm-hmm. So they start him. He did nothing at the game at all. Then they start Bryce Petty. And then, you know, it's funny how people say they put him in a bad situation for a rookie quarterback. Well, they put him in a bad situation putting him in that game in the second half. I felt like there was no point in him putting it because now he's, he's taking a step back. He, he only threw it to one person, and the person was Robbie Anderson, who he practiced with pretty much in the, in the preseason and all right. that. And, and then he, he was pretty much 11 for 25. He had two picks. I mean, he had one touchdown, but in reality, they put him in a bad situation. That was a lose-lose. <clears throat> exactly. I don't know which. I don't know what your. But then again, who has the coaches? Uh, Todd Bowles. Right. Who? Who? What system has he? When has he ever been good to a quarterback? When have the Jets ever been good to a quarterback since the days nah. of Namath? Like, yeah. But look at this way: Namath in his career has thrown fifty percent of his passes. Just think about that. Yeah. Uh, you see all these elite quarterbacks, right? He's one yeah. of them for some reason because he's in the Hall of Fame and they play back in the 60s. You see any other elite Hall of Fame quarterback, they're at least in the 60s or 65% completion, and he's in the 50s. I mean, 
That's yeah, all I, tells I'm you not, how I'm bad not, it is. I'm not going to disrespect Joe. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know. No one's going to disrespect that, That's not going to happen. He's I'm the only person who has a Super Bowl with the organization. But it tells you the lack of quarterbacks has been in the organization since 69 when he won the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. I mean, you had Key O'Brien, you had Vinny Tessinori, you had Chad Pennington, you had Mark Sanchez. And it's funny, and the playoff records of all of them, statistically, Mark Sanchez is probably still the best in the playoff history. Which and is ridiculous. How funny yeah. is that? Yeah, and they let him go. How funny. And, and they never gave Tebow a chance. They never gave Tebow a chance. They screw his career over, if anything. Pretty much. Pretty much. He never he never got to throw the ball, not even playing around. Yeah, did exactly. they even let him in, like, garbage time or anything? No, did they no. ev- Did he ever throw a ball? No, they put in, in Greg McElroy over him. Over him, the third yeah, string. Yeah. Now, th- we're not. We are talking about the same Tim Tebow who at least smelled the Playoff. the, the playoffs and won it too. Let's get Steelers. That's home. my whole. Po- like, yeah. why wouldn't you give that guy? I mean, I'm, I'm, it, it, you know, never mind Skip Bayless hyping him up <laughs> to he the always, point where he he was never going to be able to live up to that level of hype. Yeah. But why wouldn't you just give that dude? It? And this is what I'm talking. This this is why I think we we talked a little bit off air about why. You know why that loss was so bad, or why why they lost so bad? Yeah, I think, I think we watched the team quit. No, they quit. They quit when Fritz Patrick was a quarterback. They probably quit. Right? Like, right. Yeah, we're, we're not gonna play with this guy. Like he's not he's not winning games for us. We're just gonna quit. But I think outside, like over that, I think it's more. I think overall, it's what happens when you lose your illusions about the team you play for. Yeah. When you recognize that the organization itself. Is dysfunctional and and it's messed bad. up, like from from the f- top to the bottom. And you know what happens on the top trickles to the bottom. Yeah, owner. So if 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 the ownership and management is screwed, and you're now dealing with the results of that, in your head, I'm thinking if I'm a player, I'm like, well, why am I risking getting hurt and banging myself up for this team that isn't about anything? Yeah, that that was bad before, during, and after me. Like, why is this when I'm going to – nobody's looking. I'm not impressing any scouts. Nobody's going to pick me up off of this team and say, hey, you're the missing piece we've been looking for. Come over here. We'll pay you some decent money. Fix, basically. Yeah, like that's not going to – nobody's coming to get me yeah. from here. Like, what am I doing? The most I can do is, like, I'll go. I'll earn whatever little money they're giving me. Mm-hmm. I'll work out next year for another team. <laughs> like, I'll do the best. That, you know what I mean? Whatever. Yeah. Like, I think people were on – I think the Jets players were on the field making future career decisions. <laughs> like, you know, maybe if oh I invested in, in pharmaceutical weed. <laughs> oh, my God. I think I have enough money to actually pull that off. What if I opened up a garage? Everybody always needs their car fixed. Oh, I think they God. were on the floor just thinking about life after football. Like, I, this is a dead end. What What else can I do? Car dealership. I've always liked cars. <laughs> but if you look at it overall, like the team itself, like the organization itself, it starts out with the owner, Woody Johnson, who, who likes to get these big-time names or even is pressured by the media saying, oh, we shouldn't get this or that, and he mm-hmm. makes a different decision. And I think, you know, part of that is because he says he wants to sell out to the fans, right? Well, you got to sell out if you start rebuilding from the bottom to the top. You need to clean house. They mm-hmm. need to clean everybody out of this team. Because right now, they're going nowhere with this old roster. Brandon right. Marshall's older. Thoreau Rivers looks like a shell of himself right now. He looks right. trash on the field right I now. I don't he even know if he's both. really playing. Yeah, I don't know if he's playing at all. Muhammad Wilkerson, they pay him a lot of money, and then he, he didn't step up to that. Sean Richardson, he has his off-the-court problems. Right. Leonard Williams is good. You know, Darren Williams is good. And they got to figure out the quarterback situation. But it all starts off with Todd Bowles. Do you think he should be fired? Because this whole week has been about, oh, the media, he should be fired no. now. I think he should be fired. No, he shouldn't be fired at all because this is the second year. They won 10-6 last year. You're right. He had, had a winning season year. last year. He's got one bad year, and they're calling for his job. Yeah. On a sucky organization at that. Like, is it is it his fault? That Revis is playing the way he's doing? No. no. Is it his fault that we they don't have a decent quarterback? What are you supposed to do if your quarterback is Ryan sucks? Yeah, like if if your quarterback is Ryan Fitz, you can't teach him how to throw. You can't <laughs> teach him to not throw a pick. Hey, hey, Ryan, guess what? Here we're gonna try something new this game. <laughs> don't throw to the other guy. <laughs> like if he's not it. wearing your uniform, don't throw to him. And he still doesn't. Like <laughs> one season, you call him. I, I think I think he should leave. Who? I, I think I think Todd I think Bowles? yes I think he deserves a job someplace else until until the until the organization itself gets right I think I think he should be looking for another job I don't think I don't think they should be getting rid of him I think he's too good for them 
That's kind of how I feel about it. You think so? That's kind of how I feel about it because the Giants. The, I mean, the Jets were bad before he showed up. That's true. They were four and twelve before he showed yeah, up. Yeah, like it, it, you, after after a minute, I'm I'm pretty sure by by year two, he's now begun to see that it wasn't the coach before him he's necessarily a, or or a hundred percent. You know what I mean? I I think he's I think you know before you ever get into a situation, the management. I, I've been I've been. I'm I'm a music editor. I've I've worked at magazines. I've worked at yeah. websites. I've been sold the song and dance before. Listen, man, we could be at the top of the of everything if we just had the right editor and we just had the right pieces and we just had yeah. the right. And you could be that person. You and they paint you this picture that the guy before you just wasn't up to the job or he just wasn't that good. And if you came in and do what you know how to do you could write the ship and actually get somewhere yeah. and you get there and you, you have all this enthusiasm and all this momentum and you're so worked up and you got all these plans and plots and schemes and then you get started and then little by little the management starts like you know poking their head through and ownership starts coming through and you start understanding a little bit more why the guy before you was having such a hard time yeah and all of these things start coming to light and you can't make the moves you want to make because somebody says no. And you can't do the things you want to do because somebody says no. And they won't pay for that or they won't let you have that or they won't let you do this. I think he's starting to see. I think that's what's happening with him. And I think he's like, holy crap. Like, you guys don't you, – you're doing this in spite of yourselves. Yeah. I think I, I almost feel like he should – I almost feel like if another team offered him a gig, even college. Yeah. I, I think he should like – I don't think – I think – I don't know if the Jets are going to correct themselves in during his tenure. Well, well, also, it comes down to the culture, too. I mean, you can't give a coach two years and expect him to change the culture around. It takes a while. It takes at least five years. I and mean, he's got to clean out, yeah, like you say. Clean out. Yeah, he's got to clean out everybody. You can't keep the old. This is still a roster that's um, the players were under Rex Ryan at the time, and they still follow those same habits, probably. Pump coming in late or all this, then. Bowles isn't like that. Bowles is straightforward. You know, you got to do your job. You got to do it right. You got to disobey us. You got to be punished. And since when has Rex Ryan ever, ever had a, uh, installed a system that catered to a quarterback? None. Like, ever. Look at the Bills right now. That means exactly, that exactly my point. Like, yeah. when, when, his, well, when has he ever, in the history of his career, ever done anything? From a quarterback's like in a, in a quarterback-driven league, yeah. When has he ever done anything good with it? With even a decent quarterback. Well, we have Mark Sanchez, who had some success, but he also had a great defense to back it up, and he had a good running game. But he made a he made a mediocre quarterback look terrible. They ran Mark Sanchez at like they were met. The butt fumble will live <laughs> will live in infamy for life. And I'm not blaming that strictly on Sanchez. You dig what I mean? That, but that, like, that's still on him though. Like he could have I mean, at least yeah. like dived or fell down <laughs> with the ball. I know he ran straight up, thinking he was gonna get a couple of yards, and then he ran right to his own guy. Patriots picked it up. I mean, when I saw that play, I'm just like, yeah, he's out of the, he's out of this this team. He's out. The, it, he's it, it happened under the Rex Ryan regime. Yeah, and Rex Ryan has never done. So if he installed those habits, and now here comes a new guy, you really. Well, I'm, my whole thing is, what did you think was going to happen by year two? Seriously. They, they were going to listen. And also, the, the fact that they weren't winning games, it kind of helped hurt the players because they're just like, why are we here? Why are yeah, we like they, why I'm, sure they're not, I'm sure they're not uh, super excited. To, to, <laughs> I don't know what those, what those huddles look like, or the, you know, that before, before the locker room. Who, when you're in the locker room giving a speech before yeah. the game, giving yeah. that rally speech, yeah. who's really listening? No, no, At this point no. in the season, you, you're yeah. not going anywhere. You're talking about playing for pride, but nobody's proud to be here. Like who who's really paying you any attention at that point? No one. It's not it's not even a matter of he's he's lost the team. Like once you're mathematically out of it, what And you stink. Yeah, but they they lost the team when they started losing games and he and he kept saying Bowles, especially in his press conference, how we need Fitzpatrick because he gives us the best chance to win. Well, you give so you give him the best chance for the opponent to pick Fitzpatrick off like five or six times in the game, which he's done already in the right. against the Chiefs. So then it just hurts the team. Like, listen, I know they don't trust in a rookie or anything, but if they don't want to play for a rookie, then they just don't play. Right. Just, just bench them. Right. Like, seriously. I think – Um, I think I don't even think he believed that speech about Ryan Fitzpatrick. I think <laughs> I think that was him just trying to gas Fitzpatrick up to do a good job. Like, he gives us our best chance. Come on, Fitzpatrick, I'm talking good about you. You hear me, right? You hear me, right? I think that, I, I think that was all gas to get – Fitzpatrick to do something that is outside of his 
talent level to do. Well, let me ask you this then. You 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 talk about Fritz Bratcher. You talk about a guy who who's been on at least more than five teams already. He's a journeyman quarterback for a reason. Mm-hmm. There's no one in the offseason that even try to remotely try to sign him to a mm-hmm. deal, and yet the Jets signed him to a tw- one year, twelve million deal because they know that if he stinks this year, they're probably not going to resign him back. And they keep saying, well, you know, we'll think about an offseason. But in the back of their head, they know they're not going to sign him back. Right. They're trying to move forward. So then I, and I asked them, why didn't they just start off with, with either Geno Smith in the start of the season or a rookie quarterback because the veterans wanted Fitzpatrick back for some reason, like Brandon Marshall, who's probably the best cheerleader you could ever have on your team <laughs> by far. Like, if, if I'm on the team, I wish I had Brandon Marshall because I know if I stink, he would just be supporting me. Yeah, like, he's right there for you. Yeah, no matter Come on, what. we're going to go out to dinner. Let's talk about yeah, it. Yeah, like, <laughs> literally, he'd be supporting. Like, even said in the beginning of the season, like, the Royal Rears is the best quarterback, but right now he's, he's not even in the top 15 right now the way the Royal Rears is playing right now. So it tells you, like, the team is just itself is dysfunctional. They got to figure it out these last four games of what Bryce Petty can do at quarterback. Mm-hmm. I, I believe, you know, from his college experience that he can do well, but they got to they gotta help him out. Like, I feel like they didn't help him out in that game in the second half, putting him in in, in the bad situation. Maybe starting the, the game, we'll see what he can do. Right. I agree. Um, I, I'm not – again, I felt like that was a setup. I I hope it doesn't affect his confidence too much going forward. That you know, this so. is where you get put. I mean, it. You never know. I'm. You know, just coming out of college. You know what I mean? You're not. Yeah. You're not pro seasoned yet, and you get a dose of this nonsense. Well, it's also been in a year and a half with this team. I mean, they drafted him last year. Yeah, but that's and, a different. Yeah. It's a different story. When yeah. you know what I mean? Like, yeah. this is what you put me in for. This is where yeah. I have to go. What do you expect me to do here? Exactly, exactly. how is this supposed to end? Do you want me to not get injured? Is that the goal? <laughs> if you think about it, they, they actually, with Petty in the game on the last game on Monday, they pretty much exposed what the organization is, dysfunctional, like as you've been talking about. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's a difference. So we go from one team, and we go to the Giants right now. Listen, the Giants, they, they had a tough loss against the Steelers. And, and, mm-hmm. and to be honest, as a fantasy person who owned Eli and Beckham, they failed me. I didn't make the playoffs because of them, and I'm still mad about Ouch. that. Ouch. And the, re- and the and besides all that, for fantasy purposes, though, I didn't make it in one league with both of them, so hopefully they step up this week against the Cowboys. But that loss against the Steelers, people are panicking like they're not a good team, this and that. Well, they were on a, a six-game winning streak, and I know they were facing bad teams, but it's still a six-game winning streak. Listen, at this point in the season, there there is no exposing anybody. You are what you are. Yeah. And let's not get it twisted. They took a they took a L, not a not a blowout loss. And it's to the Steelers. It's that's still Big Ben on the other side. Like, mm-hmm. Why don't we stop, you know, pretending like this is some rinky-dink organization? It's still the Steelers. What's what's their record right now? For the Steelers? Yeah, they're, they're, I think they're what, seven five. I think after that win, they were seven and five or either eight and five. I have to check right so now. So when it, they, uh, won, they, uh, they won that game, they're yeah, still in uh, the wild card. Huh, they, right yeah. Now. So they're winning. We're, we're not talking about some losing pack of bums. I don't understand how, as as a New Yorker, as a lifelong New Yorker and a New York fan, what irks me the most about New York team sports fans is when we take a loss, we are, we're automatically calling the team bums. Yeah, <laughs> and it doesn't. It, it never matters who we lose to. And do you know why we're like that? The Yankees. Yeah, they've spoiled us for they everyone else. Yeah, every, every professional team is so pressured to win because of the Yankees because of how they did it but, and, by signing big free agents. But they know they want to win, which is exactly what uh, the Jets do. It's yeah, what the, it's what the Yan- it's what the the Mets started. Yeah, everybody. Yeah. It's what it's it's definitely what uh the what do. the Knicks do. Yeah, <laughs> they'll sign any big name. Three four years past his prime. Yeah, Forget exactly. it. Let him come over here, Steve Francis. Yankees, yeah. Like. Everybody and their mother, they they will they will throw money left, right, and center at at franchise players yeah. who are no longer franchise players. But the Yankees, they what they do, and we'll get back to John's course. But the Yankees, uh, they do it through their farm system. It's mm-hmm. different in baseball because you know you get young players, develop into talent, then you pick up little pieces from right here creators. and there. Right, it can be big names, but you are adding it to the core of the team, and that's what a lot of teams are missing now in, in New York sports that they don't have a core. Where they can grow for 10, 15 years and add right. little pieces to, to make that core. That's and why Derek Jeter won five titles with that core of four. That's why uh, the Giants had some success in the Super Bowl making for those runs. But, you know, every team got to have their own core. That's why they're going to be which, special. Which, the, which most, most, uh, but New York, New York 
fans are so fickle and demanding at the yeah. same time that they want it now. Yeah, well, that's how we live in a now society now. I mean, social media pretty much influences the fact that if you don't have a ring, you're bum, basically. Which is but ridiculous. Yeah. Which is like absolutely ridiculous it's, when you think about all the franchises, franchises yeah. who don't have rings <laughs> at all, who have never seen a ring. Yeah. And then you talk about the Jets, I mean, the Giants, who have got two. In our lifetime, like we're not talking about forty years ago. We're talking about like we're not even talking about like we're talking about recently. Like recently, I remember where I was when they yeah. won the last Super Bowl. And, and the fact is, also the Jets have a Super Bowl. We didn't see it, but at least they got one ring. One, yeah, like, like the franchise has a, a ring. Yeah. yeah, no one, other teams don't even have one ring yet. They look successful in a stretch, but they don't have a ring still. The Giants take a loss to the to. The Steelers. Yeah, which are, are pretty good. Like, they're an up-and-down team, but they have a high-power offense. We have Antonio Brown and Le'Veon Bell. Who's and you always have a shot game. with uh, Big Ben yeah. behind, the, behind the line. Like, they, he let's let's not talk like, as if he's not an elite quarterback still. Yeah, he's if he's not, elite. like, a franchise-level quarterback. Yeah. So, I don't understand where all the where all the fuss was from. I don't understand all the all the uproar. Like, oh, we lost. Uh, dude, it's the Steelers. Yeah, no, they're good. They're, 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 they're a good team. We lost to a good, and we didn't get blown out. Like, we lost. Okay, there were some mistakes made, but there were mistakes made on both sides. Yeah. Like, it's not like they were flawless. And they were on the road, too. I mean, if they was at home, it could have been a different story, but they were on the road in, in Heinz Field, which is probably the toughest place you can play, one of the toughest places to play in mm-hmm. the NFC. So, I mean, it was a tough loss, and then you hear all the story about how Eli Manning was blamed for the loss, and it's easy to blame the quarterback, quarterback. because they're pretty much the scapegoat. You could be and a they're the face, yeah, right. the face. So they pretty much could also hide the mistakes of a team. For instance, right. if you have an elite quarterback, you can hide the mistakes of a bad offensive line or poor <laughs> weapons. Just ask Brady. I mean, yeah, he pretty much had poor his whole career, but he. Managed you know, to pull it yeah, off. Eyes mistakes with, with Gronkowski as a tight end, who's still mm-hmm. injured but still finds a way to score. So they blame Manning, and, and I don't think he should be getting the blame at all. I mean, what, what else can he do? Uh, okay, he made a couple mistakes. He did, but most of the what quarterback line, doesn't make a couple mistakes? But his offensive line couldn't hold up either. And then there's that. Like, That's why he's throwing if, the ball quick. That's yeah, why he got if you're running, if you're under pressure, if, yeah. if listen, I I love I love how everybody starts talking that nonsense. Let me send. A group of three hundred pound armor clad men <laughs> running at you full speed, and their whole goal in life is to crush you. <laughs> Let me see how poised you stay in the pocket. <laughs> in the pocket with a, another set of dudes. And your blind side. Exactly, and you can't see like. Uh, yeah. And and granted that that's a that's kind of a cop out um, explanation because he's been doing this his whole life. Yeah. This is this is what he does. He he should be more poised, but let's not speak as if you won't rush it once or twice if you don't think that your line can hold these guys, which I'm, which they didn't. They, yeah, they didn't. All. They were all over. That's why they threw only at Beckham, and then Vita Cruz was complaining he didn't get touches. Well, he couldn't separate from his opponent, and then Shepard just disappeared too. I don't know what happened to Shepard. Yeah, I don't know what happened to him. He, I don't know what that was. I thought he was going to be like our X Factor, maybe yeah. mo- move the chains. Yeah. I don't know what happened to him. Complete, completely vanished. And, and it's pretty much, it, it always tells you this that the Giants' offense is just Beckham. I mean, if Beckham ain't getting any catches, they ain't going nowhere. Right. And that's a problem. If Cruz team. can't get loose, I mean, I, I understand he wanted to get touches, but you got to get loose. Yeah. You, you can't, you can't, the dude was all over him. Exactly. And he complained about it. And, and that's why Manny just threw it to Beckham. And then you look at Beckham, who complained about the referees and the calls and this and that. There was some calls missed. There was, but then he, you know, he, he he probably didn't care as much because he cares about his stats. You know, he had ten catches for a hundred yards, and I know he wants to win, but right. he also wants to have a lot of catches too. I don't, I don't think he, I don't think he, I, I think, I'm not sure which one he wants more at this point. That's what I'm saying too. Like, I'm not, I'm not positive. Like, would you rather have a Super Bowl or would you rather have your stats up? I think he wants to have a stats. So. You can get your stats up, but that that doesn't mean you're going to the Super Bowl. I know Bowl. you could be Brandon Marshall and not make the playoffs. Or you can be uh, Julian Allman, who won a Super Bowl for the Patriots. You can be, right. you know, Santonio Holmes, who's still not elite, but he did win a Super Bowl with the Steelers. Bro, they're kickers with Super Bowl rings. Yeah. Like, what do you want to do here? What, you know, They're not stars. They don't get the endorsements. Yeah. But they got rings, so I mean, what do you want? You want to be Larry Fitzgerald, who, who I hope he gets a Super Bowl one day because he's a nice <sighs> guy and he's, he's a good receiver, great, one of the great receivers of great hands. Nah, that's a tragic story. I know, I know it is. 
But, you know, Beckham right now, he's a diva of the NFL. You know, he gets whatever he wants. But you also look at it from the, this, pers- this perspective. The wide receivers as a whole in the NFL, they're all just divas. They want mm-hmm. all these catches. They want all the glory. They don't really care about the team as much. Well, they that's should. where the glory goes. Yeah. Defense doesn't get the glory. We, who, 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 who really talks about, outside, outside of diehard fans, diehard football fans or diehard fans of this specific team, who talks about the Broncos' defense from last year? I mean, I still, I still think that they're gonna be the best defense, one of the best defenses in the league. Diehard football yeah, fan. Yeah. That's a diehard football fan yeah. talking. Like they're not getting commercials. Yeah, they're not. You don't see them driving cars or pushing Lincolns or, or, <laughs> or like you know, sitting in restaurants eating like that. That you, you don't see those commercials for them. They're not grouped in as you know. Hey, we're the defensive team for the. That, the that doesn't happen. Or even the offensive line or defensive line, and usually those are the. The they change pieces. the game. Yeah, they change, they they dictate the game. What what it. would Dak Prescott be if his offensive line was crap? Nothing. Like serious. He'd be like Russell Wilson right now, struggling with offensive line for the right. Seahawks. Right. A great. I don't even. I don't even take anything away from Dak. He's I, made I some either. great yeah, throws. Exactly. But he has all day in the pocket <laughs> to do what he needs. He can. He's making calls. He's yeah. sending text messages. <laughs> he's just like T. Whatever. He's probably like, taking he's pics and like sending them off. He's tweeting. Like he's got all day in there to do whatever it is he decides to do. And the the, the runners have all day to get free. Ezekiel Elliott. That also helps too. You have a rookie running back who's breaking records. I think he's right. in the Agent Peterson class of his first year. I mean, he's just bulldozing his way through because the offensive line. Half of it is off in the line, and often it's just because he's just a great running back, too. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I mean, you can make the case when they didn't have a running back last year, even with the offensive line for the Cowboys, they didn't do as much. But mm-hmm. if you have a good running back, you can do a lot. Those holes are wide open yeah. when he gets started. Exactly. And, and, and then we have the Giants. <laughs> Who have pretty much they have an inconsistent like, line. Yeah, the, the, the Eli doesn't know what he's going to get from one day to the next. I believe you give Eli. I trust Eli throwing the ball. Oh, yeah, when you give him time, he can destroy anybody. I, I trust Literally. him. I trust. I always give Eli a puncher's chance. Was it, his, his his offensive line gets their heads in the game, yeah. and they really decide to hold him down yeah. and protect him, and he has the time he needs to make a decision. You don't see picks. You don't see... He's a sharpshooter. Yeah. He'll he'll throw the ball deep. He can go quick. Like, whatever. He may step out of the pocket and run a little bit. Yeah. Shepard is on his gig. They're opening up the holes for him. Like, I, I don't I don't see the need to panic. Let's not forget that the best football team in the league right now has one loss, and it's to us. There's also a stretch in that game, though, where they lost, where it looked like he was just, like, throwing it back and forth, back and forth until they got that pick, right? And that line was great at the time, actually. Mm-hmm. It was It was solid. Um, but yeah, I'm just saying, as in this perspective, the Giants they face the Cowboys this weekend. You think they have a chance to win it at home? Yup. Are you saying it from the fans' perspective or just both? Statistically, both. I think number one, I I, I like Eli in, in pressure situations. Number two, I think the the Cowboys are aware that this is the team that beat them. And there's a reason that this is the team that beat them. So they could either have that on their head or they could go in there on some revenge, like. You know we're better than we were when you played us the first time. Yeah. Now we're gonna beat you. Like, but I I think, I, I mean I'm 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 gonna go with the Giants because I know Eli is Captain Clutch, and the Giants just seem to be able to get at the Cowboys at will. Well, most of the time, actually. You know, I I feel like um and just breaking news right here, but because Rose is gonna expect to miss the second straight game now because he's back. We'll uh, talk about later on about the Knicks and their problems because. You know, he might be the X factor that we all been searching for, and that's why they lost to the Cavaliers and stuff. But going back to the Giants, you know, this team itself, they, they they're playing at home. They have the crowd. All they gotta do is just try to hold down that off that offense, mm-hmm. and and hopefully the offense of the Giants can score enough points because their defense. They spent a lot of money on the defense. Mm-hmm. This is the perfect time for them to step up on national television right. and Earn see the what money. they can do against that Cowboy offense. Earn the money. Yeah, and. Pretty much, if Beckham can just get his catches and not complain about the refs and and play it, be a team player. Like he needs to be a team player. He can't be Randy Moss. He can't be the Terrell Owens of the team. He can't be any of that. Just play your game and trust in your teammates. Make them better by having that presence on the field. And hopefully, Manny can throw it to other people. And if Ortiz can get loose, I mean Cruz. Yeah, if Cruz, Cruz can get loose, give us another option. Yeah. yeah, I'm sure Eli doesn't want to be a one trick pony. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't want to keep throwing to the exact same guy every time down the field. Like, I'm sure he – if Victor Cruz was doing his thing, 
in his yeah. bag. Yeah. Shepard. And and uh, Beckham. Yeah. That's a hell of a dog. It is. Those. That's ill. Like that's that's you can't you 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 don't know who to cover. Exactly. But if Cruz can't get loose, and Shepard vanishes. Well, now we're just down to this one guy with the bright blonde hair who everybody sees, mm-hmm. who's complaining about the refs and getting in, you know, he's got them working against him because you keep beefing. You won't be quiet. Exactly. So, yeah, we're going to take some we're going to take some lumps and bumps. But I mean, I think I think we I always give Eli a puncher's chance in any fight, especially against the Cowboys, he's done especially well. against the Cowboys. In the playoffs, he's done well in the season. He's done well. I, I think the score will be around, uh, I would predict, 24, 17 Giants. I'll give him that chance. I can see that. I can see that. You see that? I can see right. that. Okay, right. And we have here a special guest, as I said before, starting the show. We have Tina Servacio, who's a former Knicks sideline reporter and now works for Sirius XM NBA and also does a little bit of machine work with the soccer team of New York Red Bulls. Tina, it's Raymond and Mike. How are you doing today? I'm good, Raymond and Mike. Thanks so much for having me on. It's good to be on. I mean, listen, I have much respect for you for your work and, you know, for what you did with the Knicks and everything. So I appreciate you being on the show. No problem. Um, so I'm going to ask you this thing because uh, we were actually curious about this whole NBA season. You have Russell Westbrook averaging triple doubles, James Harden putting him up great yeah. stats. The Warriors of the Warriors just blowing everybody out, averaging almost yep. 140 games, 140 yeah. points a game. So. Is it like a fair conclusion that we could just say that the Warriors and Cavaliers are going to be in the NBA Finals? Well, what's amazing, and we do this all the time on NBA radio, and we have to like slap ourselves on the hand, is you left off the Spurs. Spurs, the Spurs. Isn't it insane? Yeah. They're yeah. fourteen and zero. We're on the road. I mean, they or it's on. Well, actually, you know, they lost last night yeah. to uh, to the Bulls, so they went thirteen and zero into that. They're trying to go fourteen and zero, but the way that they've been playing, only five losses on the season, and it's amazing they're being led offensively by Kawhi Leonard. Leonard, who's a former defensive player of the year. So it's just they're just quietly still right there. And um, I would not I just I know we want to say it's a foregone conclusion about the Warriors, because even if there is an injury, because there's still a lot of the season yet to be played, you could see how one of the other stars from the Super Friends would step up. You see, you know, Clay Thompson scoring 60 points last night. You don't need 50 every night from KD or or, you know, 47 from Steph Curry because you still have Klay Thompson scoring and you still have Draymond Green now, like, shooting from three. I think he's 7-11 and 11 in the last four games or three games. He's got, you know, outstanding numbers from the perimeter now. But I still don't want to say it's a foregone conclusion because there's great competition. You have what the, the Houston Rockets are doing. And, I, I mean, I'm not saying they're going to win the championship, but, I mean, by any means, I'm not saying this at all, but the Oklahoma City Thunder are going to cause problems for those top four or five teams. They're going to be sitting there in those top five if Russell Westbrook can keep this up, especially if they get him some help come February trade time. Yeah, for sure. And you also look at from the Western Conference, I mean, you have OKC, of course, is up there. You know, Lakers are, are actually hanging in there on the eighth seed. And then you have teams like the Portland Blazers, Trailblazers, who slipped pretty much this season. I mean, is that pretty much of what last season we saw what they're going to be at their best? Or is it that a lot of teams know that they're not really a good defensive team? I think a little bit of uh, their defense has failed them a little bit. Um, you know, now they know what they do bring. I think, you know, when you look at the Cavaliers, everybody's gunning for them because they're the defending champions. Well, everybody's kind of gunning for that Trailblazers backcourt. Now they're preparing for them differently, you know, with McCollum and, and Lillard. They know what they're getting there. So I think it's more like, you know, that second time through the rotation. I yeah. think that's where they're falling a little bit short. And just honestly, guys, that other teams are that much better like the Rockets, the Thunder, uh, like you said, the Lakers, you know, even with injuries, I mean, they still playing respectively under head coach Luke Walton. I think that has all kind of played into what's going on in Portland. Please tell me your opinion on the Knicks and their coaching. Should should they – I've always said they should have just went and got Mark Jackson and called it a day and, and hang up the triangle. T- talk to me, please. I think that Jeff Hornacek was a wonderful selection this year. Um, nice man has really integrated the quote-unquote triangle principle once in a while and then also <laughs> is playing to the strengths of his team. Um, so I think it's still, you know, just too early to tell. And 
you know, you just don't know the reasons. Let's be honest, Mark Jackson, for some reason, uh, you know, there's so many different reports did not work out in uh, Golden State. Uh, so, you know, there, there's so much to interviews and who's running the team and relationships. But I think I think Hornacek's doing a really nice job with the team that they have. And I think what really stands out to me, another thing that we're all slapping ourselves on the hands for, you know, we stand corrected. We were not making fun, but we were really down on the Knicks bench Chris and their depth. Right. And that's how they're playing. That's their bench and their depth is what's kind of kept them, you know, above the Mason-Dixon line. You know, playing well, they got killed by the Cavs the other night for various reasons. I think the number one reason was um, Derrick Rose being out against a, an inspired LeBron James. But I think, you know, their, be- uh, their bench with Kuzminkis and um, the way of, you know, obviously Jennings coming off of the bench when they're full strength. Uh, really impressive all of their european players so um no i think i think it's too early to tell but i think they're doing a nice job as current coaching staff that's good uh speaking with the knicks though then you have this whole controversy between phil and carmelo and the media and you know pretty much started with with, with phil's comment on lebron with his policy comments and i thought it was ridiculous because i didn't think it was nothing racial at all i mean the guy was roommates with walk by frazier back in the 70s when they were the Knicks and they won those championships. And then you look at Carmelo, he doesn't want to talk about all that stuff. Is is Carmelo fed up already with the, with Jackson criticizing him and you know pretty much on the national stage? You know what Carmelo is real and this I know people don't see this. Um they think of him as the guy that holds the ball just like Phil Jackson said. Um but he is like this really deep thinker kind of dude. He that's why the whole stay mellow he plays off of that because that's really his mantra. I mean, this is a guy who goes home at night and, um, you know, sips very exquisite dark red, big bold wines, listens to Frank Sinatra. So you know, I, I wouldn't read too deep into his Instagram posts. He's both creative. He has really smart creative people working for him <laughs> um, so you just i wouldn't read that deep into it um i don't know i think that's where everybody's just blowing things out of proportion and hey lebron could feel what lebron feels um if that's how he interpreted Phil's jackson well that's lebron's prerogative i mean you know sometimes he lebron's just brilliant in a sense to how he uses things to motivate him maybe mm-hmm. it, it absolutely wasn't a, a racial comment but you know what if lebron was offended to any degree to two degrees yeah. if he uses it to motivate him against you know the, the big market team i mean no matter what even when you go and play the knicks even when they the knicks are not good um and I mean, gosh, they were third in the East when they went into Madison Square Garden the other night. Even when the Knicks are not good, these players still want to play under those bright lights at Madison Square Garden. So if LeBron needed that little bit of motivation, he used it. And he uh, took it from a little tiny thing that Phil Jackson said. I mean, also, the team could find it disrespectful when he did the water ball challenge right in front of them in the fourth quarter. And you see Irving and LeBron playing that game. I, I mean, as a player, I thought I find it a little bit disrespectful. They're playing a game right in front of us when we're getting blown out. You know, I think other teams, it didn't bother me. I don't know. Maybe because they were absolutely, they're, you know, they were just blowing out. They didn't have, they were not engaged in the game. I mean, yeah. that's up to the coach. You know, if Ty Lue wants to say to them, you know, guys, that was disrespectful. Look, you were getting blown out. I think that's more embarrassing. If it was a three point game and LeBron was on the court, well, then the Knicks. You know, then it wouldn't be happening. So yet, you, you know, who do you blame in the situation? Whatever. I the, the only thing that bothered me was a little dangerous when the uh, the one water bottle came onto the court. Thank God Richard Jefferson got to his fast enough. That was the only thing that yeah. concerned me. Otherwise, you know what? They were blowing. They blew them out of their own building. What are you going to do? That's more embarrassing. That's true. If I'm mellow, I'm 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 rethinking my friendship with LeBron after seeing that water bottle thing. Yeah, I know, but so, <laughs> these guys are so competitive. If, yeah. if Mellow has a chance to blow LeBron out of his home building, he might, you know, be dancing or talking to people in the stands. You know, I mean, these guys are so ultra ultra competitive. It's almost they're always trying to one up each other. You know what I mean? Even and then they'll have Thanksgiving dinner together. They really would. Yeah, we saw a picture. They're brother like brothers. Yeah, yeah. Picture of that with Melo and and Rose and D Wade. Uh, uh, yeah. So I so wish we would have got D Wade just a little bit more time before we sealed the deal with Courtney Lee and 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 signed up uh and signed Noah to that and we could have gave that money to Wade. Oh I kind of agree with you. Yeah, he's playing really well still. Yeah, and he's leading that team. I mean, and he's given the team. It's Jimmy Butler's team. I think he would have done that with Melo and Porzingis. Um, I, I kind of agree with you with that one. There was uh, no way to nice know story. he was. Gonna, there was no way to know he was going to stay. He wasn't going to stay exactly. with Miami though. There was no I mean, way to know. Right. 
There was no way to know, and the Bulls swept in. It was his hometown, so it was too perfect. Yeah, for sure. And you're sticking with the Eastern Conference. You know, you look at the Knicks, and they did drop off after that loss, but there's other teams like the Bulls and the Raptors, and then you have, you know, the Pistons are trying to get in. Um, the and don't sleep on the Hornets. Oh, my gosh. Hornets. Yeah, the Hornets, Yeah, too. Campbell Walker's yeah. playing well. Yeah, they're playing well as well. Is there any team, like, realistically, that could challenge the Cavaliers in the playoffs? <sighs> Here's the reason why I say no. <laughs> Because most, most look at the Cavs, how they were playing so poorly. They lose three straight. They had legitimate problems, like with their help defense. They weren't closing out. They had, like, legitimate, like, their scheme. Even Ty Lue, was, his schemes maybe weren't that strong with their matchups. Legit problems going into that Toronto game on the road. I mean, they have their – the Cavaliers have the Raptors' number. It just doesn't even matter. Yeah. You know, we saw it in the postseason – um, I just, they have their number. It's its really interesting. So of all the teams that talent and performance-wise you would think could challenge the Cavs, but that's the one team they have their number. Mm. Um, the Cavs, you know, lose to other teams, I think, could sneak up on the Cavs. Even the Knicks could before the end of the season. But not the not the Raptors for whatever it is. It's something that they, the way they scheme against Dwayne Casey, I don't know, but there's something about that matchup. It, it, the Cavs have the advantage. Okay, I have one question, and this is coming from a diehard Knicks fan, so maybe I'm a little biased, but I really have to ask an expert. Um, I get in debates all the time about uh, the amount of calls, foul calls, that go against the Knicks and how every team seems to just trot back and forth to the line shooting foul shots. At first, I thought it was just bad, you know, bad coaching, bad defense, bad culture, but over the years, we've had multiple teams, brand new coaches, brand new staff, brand new players, and consistently these other teams just we just don't get the calls. Am That's I true. going crazy, or or is somebody else seeing that too? Um, I think they don't quote get the calls a lot. I mean, a lot of it's respect. I mean, that it's been three years since they were in the postseason. Do you know what I mean? I think a lot of it's that, and. I feel Mello is right. He doesn't get the calls some of the superstars get. He doesn't. No. Um, because of, I think, just the record that of the team that he's on. I mean, I don't know. You know what I mean? I don't have the numbers in front of me. Um, right now, this season, I haven't compared them to previous ones. But, yeah, I know. I hear the complaints that there are times where Mello, um, it's like, wait a minute, LeBron or Chris Paul or any of the, you know, they would. They wouldn't have gotten that call on these guys, you know, and they call it on Melo. So because the, the, the biggest know. knock I get we get, the biggest knock we get is that we don't play defense. But I've always argued that you can take a team out of their defensive schemes if they don't believe they can touch another player without getting a whistle. Eventually, you you, you keep right. your hands off. I don't know how you play defense if you know you're going to get a whistle blown. And on oh, the yeah. other and side, it, and it would frustrate the crap out of Clyde Frazier because, and he'll always bring it up. Back when we used to hand check, you know, <laughs> you know because like, the physicality of the games dropped down, and you want a guy to be physical, you know, establish himself. And yeah, I know, I know. It's um, I don't have the numbers in front of me though, because now it's going to make me want to think about that. Or it's, you know, especially I would say the last, yeah, I would say like the last nine years. You know, they had those, those one, that one good year, the 12-13 season. And even the other seasons, they just got into the postseason, you know, and kind of were knocked out fast. So yeah. Ever since we got into that thing with the Miami Heat, and uh, actually before that, since since the, the, the fight with the Bulls that we had, but I've just noticed <laughs> that the, the team doesn't – we get brand-new players, we get whole new yeah. cultures, we get whole new coaches, everything changes, but yeah. consistently year in and year out – the Knicks, yeah, the, the other teams shoot 40-some-odd free throws, and we shoot seven. Like, I, I, I just don't get it. It makes no sense at all. Same result. Point. That's a good point. It's driving me crazy. So, let's I know. Ask. I understand. <laughs> okay, so let's ask you this last question because I know you're a little busy right now. Um, Speaking of the whole season right now, you know, we're heading into pretty much December, and then we head into January. You know, when we get to January, we pretty much – you know, the teams who are the good teams or the bad teams. But right now, who do you think is your early MVP favorite? Oh, my God. It's so tough to tell. I mean, it's like a four-way race. You could even take five. And three of so you them. Got, are, are yeah, yeah. Westbrook, Harden, KD. <laughs> the Thunder. They used uh, to be the Thunder. All three of them. I, yeah, and then, you know, it's tough. Like, I feel like, like LeBron doesn't have those all-star numbers, but the way he's – 
he's, he's like leading the team in assists. Like there's mm-hmm. other things he's doing that makes that team shine. Um, mm-hmm. You know, you never know. If he, I mean, he would never, he could be in the, you know, fifth or sixth in the voting, but a guy like Kemba Walker, I mean, there could be like another player on another team. And then, then never out, you know, Steph getting votes. You never know. You right, know what I mean? When right. it comes down the stretch. Although right now, I wouldn't say he's in um, just because of Katie's the best player on the team. He's really established that. But what Harden and and the thing is, those two teams are winning now. The Rockets mm-hmm. and OKC. I mean, if they, it's almost like which team will finish, you know, top two or three in their. I would say the lowest you could finish is third in your conference, lowest. So that you know still opens the door. And then Kawhi Leonard. I mean, you just. <laughs> Again, we skip the Spurs. You just can't come out because you never know what they could do come the end of the season. You know where they could finish in the standings against the uh, against the Warriors. So I don't know. It's fun to watch, though, right? When you have that many guys. Because yeah. I mean, think about tonight: Rockets at OKC. So you've got these candidates playing against each other every night. There's a great matchup, which makes it just so much so much more exciting. You know what cracks me up about that entire setup? The first three people she named were all on the same team at one time. Yeah. And if all three of those guys were to come together um, right now, yes. we'd be calling them a super team. And we, I had this conversation that was my topic. I brought up and pounded it to death um, on Saturday, actually it was Sunday morning on NBA radio. And here is the reason why those three are not on the same team anymore. 26.5, 26.5, 26.5, as in million dollars a year. No cap can handle that. <laughs> I know. That's just Even when they were on the same team, though, it's, it's amazing that they didn't get a ring. Yeah, I know. You know what I mean? We're, we're talking were, about they were just young at the time, and it is chemistry and and personnel, and there was a little something something. I mean, they got to the finals, but there was a little something about Harden with those guys that didn't work. I mean, look at all those years since with Harden. It took this roster, this coach, to really get the best out of it. it we knew we had the talent, but it took a while to get the results, and now we're seeing it consistently because we didn't see that consistently. I mean, the dude's playing defense once in a while. Now he's not quite Leonard, but yeah. he's playing a little because he knows it's gonna it could change. Make the difference between a win and a loss. That's for sure. Yeah, for sure. Well, Tina, I want to thank you for being on the show. You know, we'll be in contact. Hopefully, we'll be on future shows as well. But I want to thank you for all the knowledge you have on the NBA season. You are the woman. Thank you so much. Thank you. I hope to talk longer next time, guys. Thank for you. Sure. For sure. Take care. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. So, we got a little bit of time here in the podcast. We had a terrific time talking about football and a little NBA with Tina Servacio. So, now we'll talk a little bit about the Knicks before we end the show. And also your conspiracy theory on the whole no call thing. We well, talked to Tina Sabrosky about that. For, well, first things first, I want to say that I, I don't have any shame about losing to the Cavs. That's, yeah, me neither. Those, those I mean, are the world champs. It was back to back. Yeah, I mean we, we were gonna lose that game. We had no, we had no rest. They were fully rested in yeah. New York, waiting for us to get back so they yeah. could play us. Mellow was t- everybody's tired. Yeah, I don't have and, Rose in a play at Rose. No Rose, and yeah. they have something that I think we take for granted that we don't have. We're still getting. They have chemistry. They know each other. Yeah, that team's been together for like what two, three years now. Yeah, we've been together for not even twenty games yet. <laughs> You know what I mean? So yeah. I'm, I'm not. I don't feel any kind of way about that. It was a blowout, but I think the blowout factored in with the fact that we were like exhausted after, you know, on a back. Rose was missed. I'm and, telling you. And no Rose. I think if Rose was playing that game, I, I, I don't say they would have won the game, but it would have been closer. Because yeah. Jennings really isn't a, a threat to score. And also that, I mean, I think defending Irving is harder. I think Rose because he's bigger and he can actually post up on Irving and he could take I can on see Irving. That. One, like you literally could just drive by Irving. Irving's too skinny for him to stop him. So he I can see by. that. So, yeah, that kind of hurt them. But, yeah, you had your own theory about they didn't get any foul calls. Well, we, we, uh, here, here's something I've noticed. And I've been a Knicks fan my entire life, yeah. right, my entire life. Um, the first time, the first season when I started noticing that we weren't getting any calls, I just thought to myself, man, this team is really screwed. The culture has got to change. Like, everybody's being super lazy and they're playing defense with their hands and at their feet. Like, it, it's it's a bad team, right? Yeah. And then, you know, the next time, and it was like, okay, well, the coaches really start got to start getting on his players. We got a new coach. Well, it's Dan Tony. Dan Tony doesn't teach defense. <laughs> There's no D in Dan Tony. Look at the you know I mean? right now, though. Playing yeah. well. Yeah, but, uh, you know, but that yeah. was my, my thing back then. Well, Dan Tony's not known for defense. He's known for yeah. offense. Okay, yeah. so he's not teaching the players defense. I get why the other teams are getting all these calls and, and we're not. 
then it was okay. Well, we don't really have any superstars, so they're getting superstar calls, and we don't have any superstars. So I kind, I kind of, you know, Stephon Marbury, and yeah. you know, okay, I, I kind of get it. I, I guess I see it. I mean, Steph's kind of respected, but not really. He's kind of a clown. So yeah. okay, you know what? But dude, years and years and years, different coaches, different cultures, different players, all together. Like there's no one left. From the old rosters that I, I came up with these original reasons as to why we weren't getting calls from. Now, all those guys are gone. Now, we have a whole new system, whole new team, whole new roster, whole new president. And we still, the, the same players, st- like this, the, the different players are dealing with the exact same thing. Other teams come into the garden or, or not even into the garden. Any place we go and they just march to the line. We can't even, you can't. You can't brush up against them without them getting the foul call, and and we never get those calls. Like even look at the Cavs game; they shot something like thirty some odd free throws. Yeah, and we had like eight. That, that made no sense. We're at home too. We should be getting more calls if anything. If Dog, we get not, and I, I'm starting to really smell a conspiracy here. <laughs> I I don't understand why it is that every team seems to go marching to the foul line when they play us. Like, it's nonstop. And now what's what's really cracking me up, what's really solidified this for me, is now you have Brandon Jennings, Courtney Lee, Derek Rose, and Noah and alongside Melo complaining about lack of calls. And I think what you're seeing is players who were on other teams who are, you, you know, they know that that's a foul. Wait, yeah. I just got fouled. Hold on, that's a foul. Wait, I didn't foul him. That's not a foul. I've had that ref before. You've never called that before. Like, how are you calling that? And now we have frustration because we have brand new players coming in from other teams and they're seeing it. Yeah. Now I think. Now I think the Derrick Roses, the Courtney Lees, the Brandon Jennings. Like, wait a minute. What the what what the hell's going on here? I. That's not a foul. How are you calling that a foul? Wait, I just got fouled. How are you not calling that? Wait, they're going to the line again. Hold on a minute. And I think that's why you're seeing, you know, these guys complaining because they know that's not how it's supposed to be. Meanwhile, Melo's been saying that since he got here. Yeah. And, and also, the, if you know the referee's name, and this is probably the more world sports, if you do know the referee's name, then you know you're a bad referee. No one wants to know your, your name. No one ref- should know who yeah, you are. Dude. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, like Tony Bros, for instance, has a thing against Melo. And Melo is like, I don't know why he has a thing against me, but, you know, even his wife says something, he has a thing against him. So I, I, I assume that when they do these games, Tony Bros is not refereeing these games because then he's just going to probably throw out Melo again for no reason. I don't know why. It's, I think, I think, I can't even single it down to like one or two refs. It just seems like a, a league wide thing because even when we're not at home and we go someplace yeah. else, the other teams just, you, if you look at the games we've lost, Right. Yeah, this this season. And go look at the foul shooting. Oh yeah, it was a lot. Thirty more than thirty plus free throw attempts. Dog, and, and we don't get any love. Like I don't, I I just don't understand that. And I I'm starting to think there is more to it than just. I can't chalk it up to bad players and bad coaching every year with brand <laughs> new players and brand new coaches. Like it can't that can't be what it is. Well also you have a, a commissioner who who says he's a Knicks fan, but for some reason you're not getting a lot of calls. I think so. that's a smoke screen. I think I think <laughs> he's saying that just just so he can, oh, well, of course can't be me with the conspiracy. I'm actually a fan <laughs> of the Knicks. No, you're there's no way. There's no way you're a Knicks fan and you watch those games and, and like, you see yeah, LeBron like, breeze to the basket. And foul call on him. You know what I mean? Every yeah. time. Every time. And you know LeBron fouls. All he does is does this little arm thing. And constantly. No call, no call D- at all. How about the double? How about the traveling when his oh, pivot yeah, yeah, foot yeah. is constantly moving? He travels the most. Well, everybody travels in the NBA, but he travels the most, too. Blatantly. Yeah. And there was one, actually, uh, play I saw James Harden uh, actually last week where he traveled, and it was so obvious of a travel. No reason to call it. He literally picked up the ball. And he was... Taking like six steps basically to the basket, and then there was no call. I watched um, what's the dude's name? Uh, the, the center for the Cavs the other night. Oh yeah, uh, Tristan Thompson. You see that double dribble? Oh, yeah. Like he picked it up yeah. and dribbled it again, and he, the ref's right there. Yeah, they don't call and they don't call travels anymore. And you see coaches going like this and stuff like they lose. Unless it's us, that. yeah. That's Unless us. it's us, like, and then yeah. all of a sudden these guys are just marching to the line. We and and when when I hear the thing about the Knicks don't play defense, yeah, I said this to Tina. How can you as a team? 
play defense. Play defense. If every time you touch somebody, you're going to get a call. They, you're you're going to. So eventually, you keep your hands off. Yeah. So they just t- start taking extra liberty. So now they're just hitting all the shots in the world because they know you're not going to touch them. Yeah. And you're tentative. You can't touch them. So it's like, oh, crap. But then when you go down the other end, and you're they're not getting any foul calls. So now they're being extra with you on defense. Now they're not going straight up when Melo goes to the basket. They're like reaching over his head and smacking him in the forehead. And his headband comes off and there's no foul No call, call no nothing. No, you I just magically I, lost I, your headband. I don't understand that. I really don't. I always felt bad for Melo. Like, Melo needs to get like shot or like bruised up to like get a foul, basically. It's got to be blood. Like, I know. Like, I, don't understand. I don't understand that. And then Rose, too, and, and Porzingis going to get used to that, too. Even at 7-3, like, you know, he's getting some calls that shouldn't even be calling him either. And he's going straight up for a block. And they, the and they call him. They, he's, 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 I don't know what's going to happen to him because he's still young. Yeah. You can't teach him this is how it is. Yeah. Because the second he goes to another, if, if and when, I hope he never does. But the second he goes to another team, he's like, holy crap, nobody's calling anything. Like, <laughs> you know, you're going you're gonna to yep. mess him up. And I, I honestly believe. I know I sound crazy. I know I sound like every other Knicks fan who's making excuses for why we lose. I said the same thing, too. But I watch these games. I watch these games, and it it looks super lopsided. I watch every game I can see. Every game that comes on television, I watch. Every every basketball game. I love the the game of basketball. I just love watching. I love love watching a good game. They don't have this issue. On other teams, like other teams don't the the, the free throws are always kind of equal. Yeah, like you know maybe they shot six or seven more than you, or maybe they shot three or four more for, than you. For the Knicks, but it's, it's never it's never plus. they shot like twenty yeah, twenty five more shots than you at the free throw yeah. line alone, like alone. That never I I never see that the game stops instantly when the Knicks have to play defense. Beep whistle, <laughs> beep whistle. Free throws, <laughs> whistle, free throws. Like, are you kidding me? I know it happens, man. What would that score have been like had the free throws been even? Probably closer. I'll tell you that for sure. So you know, we'll get we'll talk a little here, Phil Jackson, before we end the show. Um, you had this whole Phil Jackson Mel thing. He says he's a ball hogger, and then he calls him out, and then LeBron, of course, beats the hell out of them in the Massacre Garden on Wednesday, and and Mel is getting fed up with the whole comment thing, and you know. I think for I feel bad for Mel for getting all that criticism because it's like yo know, listen we, we just went on a four game winning streak and we're playing well and mm-hmm. I'm actually passing the ball around a lot more mm-hmm. and uh, averaging more assists than Porzingis I don't see you blaming Porzingis I mean these guys are averaging like one point three assists and Mel's averaging like almost three a game so right. I don't know what else you want Mel to do right and, and then and then I look at this whole thing of like will Mel just leave the team because of that or he's just gonna stick with them. First of all, I don't think he's going anywhere. I don't think so either. But Second of all, he can't. Like, I mean, I, I don't know trade clause. Yeah, yet. like, sure, yeah. I mean, well, even if you traded him, who's coming? Like, yeah. what do, what are you getting for him? Yeah, who's gonna take him for that amount of money? And next, and they have done well with Melo in the lineup when he hasn't played. They're like zero and eleven. They were zero eleven last yeah, year. Yeah, like so I don't because like, he he now now does Melo stop the ball? Yes. Yeah, he does stop the ball. I can't like ball hog. I don't know if I could call him that this year. Not, not this year. I think he's done better this year than he's done last year. Absolutely, because now he has people who he trusts to take yeah. a shot. He also has this bad habit though, where he gets like a three, and he suddenly thinks he's like a god now, and then he starts miss, missing like yeah. three after three after he three stops, for He no stops reason. going in. He yeah. starts like leaning on his shot. He stops passing. Yeah, like, he's like one shot suddenly. Oh, well, I'm on fire now. He's yeah, no, he, everybody else. <laughs> he definitely needs to. I think. I think. Porzingis needs to pass a little bit. Yeah, more. he does need to pass a little bit more. Like, I, I mean, he can score, but I think he's better if he passes a little bit more. No, too. but now that you're, he, he here's what I think the Knicks are missing a lot of times: the philosophy. Once you become a focal point, they're 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 honing in on you. Yeah. So get rid of the ball. There are competent shooters all over the court for you now. If 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 you're a Christos Porzingis. And people are coming to get you when you get the ball because they know you're a threat to score. Okay, well that means Melo is probably open, or at least one on one. And Melo in one on one coverage might as well be open. There's nobody he can't smoke one on one. He's got a great, you know what I mean? If it's not him, it's Derrick Rose. If it's not Derrick Rose, it's Courtney Lee spotting up in the corner. If it's not them, it's because it's Kuz. Like you have shooters around. Get rid of the ball. Melo, same thing. Hey, Melo, listen, you don't have to drive into three-on-ones anymore. Yeah. Kick out to Derrick Rose. Kick out to Kristaps. Like, Rose I, actually has been doing he's more playmaking. He's picking it up. Yeah. yeah. He's actually taking a seat back. Like, listen, you know, I got to be more of a playmaker. I can't be just a scorer. You know, I need to get everybody involved. And he's actually been doing that. 
Uh, Tamela and I will do the same thing. That I think once they fall in line with that philosophy, yeah. I think once that starts happening and the ball starts moving a little more fluid because we have multiple threats to score, yeah. we'll look like the Cavs. The we'll Cavs. Like a super team, actually. Dude. See, they're a super team if they move the ball around. If they don't move the ball around, they're just an average team like everybody else. You're they right. They struggle to win games. You're right. That's how it is. You're right, and we've been we've been getting our assists up with these these last couple wins. We've moved the ball. Melo's not holding it like that. Kristaps is, you know, the the back of Noah is a great facilitator. Yeah, for for the stuff he's doing wrong, not hitting his free throws. And, yeah, you know, scoring and, and all not, that. Stuff. Yeah, but for the stuff he's doing. Oh, and then when um Kylo Quinn comes in the game. Yeah, he's moving the ball. He energy brings the energy, and he's a threat he's a, to score. He's a threat to score exactly. So you have to kind of stick, and he will muff your shot. Yeah. You see what he did to call Anthony Towns? Yeah, I know. That was block beautiful. That, block that. And, I mean, Porzingis would even block a Quarantine Towns dunk the time he tried to do in, in Minnesota. Yeah, it was so that, I mean, that's fantastic when he blocked that. That's I'm fantastic. Like, wow. it's, it's good to be a Knicks fan, man. Like, I, <laughs> well, the 12 and 10, you know, they're, they're, right now, if the, playoffs, if the playoffs started today, they would be, they'd be in the third. Right. So, so I'm not. Fine. They, and, and let the chemistry yeah. come through. Let them get used to each other a little bit more. Let that. I think the passing will come with that. Yeah. My one regret on this season is that we gave uh, Noah that much money and yeah. we picked up Courtney and we did not get Dwayne Wade. I had no idea that and Wade would have taken a step back. He would have made Porzingis better. He would have. He would. He would have been to play with Melo, who's yeah, a good friend yeah, of his. Yeah. Even even though Chicago is hometown, yeah, you do get to spend at least a couple more years in New York. Playing with Melo and D Rose, can you imagine that? Melo yeah, bringing your wife along New York City, being with Lala and all that dude, stuff. That would have been good for him. Wait, yeah, basically. You got you got Rose at the one, Wade at the two, yeah. Melo at the three, Kristaps at the four, and then he, I think we still would have picked up Courtney Lee and Brandon. So now they're both coming off the bench. We yeah. got like them as a one and a two coming off the bench. Dog. Yeah, I know. That's a lit team. Like that. All of a sudden, we're we're on fire. But I don't like to talk about this because this makes me. <laughs> Just makes me upset yeah. that we we didn't get that. Nobody knew that uh, Pat Riley was going to be such a schmuck yeah. to D Wade. But it's him, business. I, didn't, I had no problem Pat Riley letting him go because it's just business. You know, I mean, you're older. We're not going to pay you a lot of money. We're not going to do the Kobe deal where you're going to get that much and then you're stuck for the next two or three years. Yeah, but now that now that the thing is, he's not sucking. I know he is, but the thing is also, he's probably playing less minutes for the Bulls because he also does have a good roster around him. And you got Butler, Rondo, and, and Lopez who played well for them. I mean, that team is like an up and down team like the Knicks right now. They're trying to figure out where they are and then, mm-hmm. you know, I, I think they'll get it. It might they might be third and fourth for all we know by the end of the season. Maybe it'll be second and third. Maybe Raptors will drop down. Maybe it'll be fourth or whatever. But they're still gonna be in that conversation top yeah, four. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I, I think I think Wade. I, I I know it's business, like you said. Yeah. But it didn't have to be when Wade took a step back to get you those rings. That's true. When you got LeBron, you know what I mean? Like Bosch, when they, yeah. when he when he took a step back to let you get those rings, this was your time to show him that you appreciated what he did. For sure. And you were supposed to pay him that money. Like, that was supposed to – you were supposed to make up for what you lost, for what he left on it. Because he could have gone anywhere at any time. For sure. And and probably still been a contender. He, he, he's, he's D-Wade, for God's yeah. sake. Like He's still one of the best two guards in, in the history of the league, so – I keep my eye on the Bulls and Knicks, though. I think I think they're gonna be in the second round, and I think those one of those teams are gonna be facing the Cavaliers in the Eastern Conference Finals. That's what I believe, but we never know. I mean, it, we're talking about the Eastern Conference. Uh, yeah, it just means competitive right now. I mean, one loss, you're like in fifth or sixth. I don't know where. Or you know, losing streak, you'll be fifth and sixth. And you go on winning streak, you're back in third. And yeah. Fourth, so it's competitive. And who knows what's gonna happen on? Who knows what happened with this trade line, trade deadline coming up? And then Knicks maybe add another score. I think they should have one more score. Who's out there to get, though? That's the tough part. I mean, would you try to trade for – I just put top of my head, I don't think it will happen for, for like, a Rudy Gay maybe, just off the bench. But I don't know about the chemistry but, but thing. Yeah, and like, yeah. who do they want? Like, That's the thing, too. It, and I think, I think the Knicks, though, like, going forward, they are well in terms of draft picks and all that. So I don't think mm-hmm. they want to do any trades where they need to give up a draft pick for somebody else. I think they just right. want to have draft picks so then – they build that farm system for, for the young if, players if, around Porzingis. And if I was the Knicks, I wouldn't, I wouldn't do yeah, the trades right yeah. now. Like, so I think, the, I think they're fine in the future, too. So they're good. Rose is on one-year deals. They might sign him, depending on what he does this season, because they, they can't find any other point guard. They might as well just get Rose. There's no other point yeah. guards out. CP3 is not leaving. Yeah, he's not leaving L.A. People need to let that yeah. fantasy go. He's so, not so, leaving. So you better just sign Rose for like a two, uh, three- or four-year deal. 
Hopefully give, he stays yeah, give him healthy. a minimum. Give him like a veteran's minimum. <laughs> veteran's minimum? No, that's what he asked for. I don't think he asked for a veteran minimum. Not, think, not the veteran. Uh, like, no, it was the veterans. It was the veterans clause. Not minimum oh, yeah, was yeah. my mistake. But yeah, yeah give. I, I'm not mad at Rose. Yeah, I'm not mad at Rose either. He's though. actually facilitating. He's actually playing. Everybody admits that he's a factor uh, to score to win a game. I think we all agree he, we would have done better against the Cavs if he was in the lineup. And he still has that back spasm crap. So hopefully, he I mean, but that's better. that's on and off. Like that's yeah. that's not a chronic issue. That's kind of yeah. So that means in the injury, I mean, probably a lingering soreness in some body that's caused him to get back spasm. So he just has to get that well. So. But it's not his knees, yeah, not, <laughs> which is you know what I mean. Yeah, like he's exactly. still doing. He's still explosive. He's yeah. still got quickness. Yeah. And as he's finding his timing, the shot is starting to sink. And yeah, once he gets more, that more arc in the shot, because it's a little flat. Yeah, it's a little flat on the shot. I, but once he gets more, once he gets that shot back, yeah, forget it. And if we could just get Brandon Jennings to be a threat to score off the bench, it'd be good. Six man in the year, yeah, for sure. Candidate. So you know that's up for this today's show. I want to thank Mac for being on the show, replacing Jeremy, and Jeremy will be with us hopefully in the next couple of shows. And also thank Tina Servastro for joining us as well. She's pretty busy, but she took the time to talk to us about the NBA season. She's amazing. Yep. Thank you. So. Subscribe to us on SoundCloud and iTunes. Follow the Slam City Facebook page. And also at Slam City underscore 360. You can follow me at Mornis10. And you can follow him as well. M-R-M-E-C-C. That's Instagram and Twitter. The Eminem and M show coming soon to uh, SoundCloud. So yeah. We work the plug and subscribe to that as well. That's a good show as well. Talking a lot about music and also relationships. Yeah, yeah. We, we, we get about men and women and, and yeah. you know, why relationships work, why they don't, who's, who's having, and we curse. So, <laughs> yeah, they, they we, curse. We, we don't curse here. Yeah, well, no, we, we're, we're, I curse like a sailor. This, yeah, this, yeah. this, this super PG version of Yeah, the super PG. But, you know, as, as well, you can also follow the Dunk360 website and, you know, the big Dunk360 at the Dunk360 on Twitter because it can all be one. See you next week. Peace.